Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Bangin' Book Club. Hello. Yeah. I am Lucy Moon. I'm Hannah Whitten. I'm Lena Norms. And we're you are you. Yeah, you are you. We respect you as people. Today. <laughs> My drone identity. <laughs> this is September's book and we have been discussing, reading, and about to discuss, Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. Yes, we have. What a man, what a man, what a mighty weird man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme of today's podcast. Also, the struggles of reading because I will be the first to admit I have not finished the book. The other two have managed it, but we had to postpone recording twice. Yeah, this is true. This has been the biggest... Banging book club struggle. Yeah. Oh my god! It's been one big bang. Hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Sup- I went- Evolution joke. Who liked it? Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if only ten people listened to this because that would be the amount of people that managed to get to the end of this book. Or they're yeah. all like, "Fuck no, I'm not reading that. I'm just going to listen to what they think about it." But I reckon this will have that longevity of like uh, search history longevity because people who read this book will be googling, googling afterwards. Next up has changed you, man. <laughs> You're an SEO monster. General housekeeping. If you haven't read the book and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, then go watch the video on Lucy's channel. Yeah. This podcast will be full of spoilers of Middlesex. Yeah. I got it spoiled for me earlier today. So we I'm just prepared. We just filled Lucy in on the plot. And I was like, you know that main character? Has he died yet? And she's like, no. And then she's like, she dies. I mean, he sorry, dies. Sorry, yeah. It was a he. Lefty yeah. dies. Cut that out, Lucy. <laughs> um, okay. So I think, Lena and Hannah, if you lead the discussion because you know way more about it than me, That's and cool. I will interject. I feel like you're us from the past, it. though. You'll be useful because you remember the beginning yeah. of the book, and we only remember the end. <laughs> you it's can be like, be like Ooh, it's so true. Ah. I do remember the beginning well. Yeah, and it's a long book, and I don't... It really yeah. is. So I say I didn't make much progress. I hit, like, 250 pages. Yeah. Like, so any normal book, you Yeah, yeah, I would have finished it. You could have read two books, anyway. Oh, wait, should we do... Um, our sound oh yeah, review. Sound review. our sound review okay, okay. Uh, let's go around this way so lena <laughs> great that was a proper graph that was yeah. so i'm going to do pretty much exactly what you did but half of it okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i need to go to bagging book club <laughs> yeah oh, wow and then mine would be Huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you guys 
find it got more interesting towards the end. Yes. Yes. For those and people who retrospect. are struggling. Yeah. yeah. It's not just that the end was valuable. It's the the end was valuable because of the beginning. Because yeah. of everything that happened. And I, I hate that because it's just it's like... It felt so pointless while you were work. in it. Whilst you're in it, you're like, why? And then at the end, like, I feel so enriched yeah. Do you know? Yeah. He's kind of like a professor that tricks you into doing a really shit exercise in lectures that you're like, this makes me yeah. feel dumb. And then he's like, tricked ya, you just learned something. And you're like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, no, like, exactly. I kind of hate you, but I did get the information. Thanks, Jeffrey. Basically. Um, so, one in every 2,000 babies is born with ambiguous genitalia. They tell us that in the book. It's yeah. quite exciting. Ooh. It's something that I kind of knew but didn't know and still don't really understand, but I now understand more about. But. I thought an interesting question to ask at the beginning was if this book isn't just about sex and the fact that this main character is into sex, what is it about? If you had to explain it to somebody without saying this is a book about somebody's intersex, what would you say it was about? Family drama. I would say it's about um, like <clears throat> generational immigration. So the Telegraph review that I just read on the computer <laughs> said that it was the story of a gene through the ages. So it's the story of how a gene, so really it's it's the story of how a gene passes down. Because it feels historical. Which I really liked, I think that is kind of what it's about. Yeah. Um, But for me, like, when I finished the book, I realised that, because again, like, we've kind of been chatting about on Twitter, and we were talking about it, and just being like, what is, it's not all about just to, like, the the intersex issues, it's about loads of stuff, what is this book even fucking about, why are we reading this, what's going on? Um, And I thought part of it was just about the, the only time that you see all of these characters at the same time is during their adolescence like where we really meet every set of characters is during Ooh. their adolescence and when they grow up oh yeah because as, so soon, think as, they, as soon as they become an adult yeah it they passes kind of, on to the next generation and you, you ignore they the become adult. the center yeah. yeah oh that's so true or maybe more as no. soon as there is another generation of teenagers yeah that's yeah. when it passes because yeah. you're focusing on Desdemona and Lefty at the beginning mm. and then as soon as Milton and Tessie become adolescent then you're focusing on them and Desdemona and Lefty's lives are kind of like secondary and then yeah. as soon as Callie is becoming into her adolescence then, then it's it focusing on about... her and Milton and Tessie are secondary yeah Interesting. so that's my first topic was adolescence and how like is this book just about becoming <laughs> and also I think we can talk about that with perversion because there's lots of stuff where people are doing stuff just because it's wrong or they realise they want to do something but they realise it's wrong okay mm-hmm. you know how you mentioned you wanted to talk about perversion in relation to the book Perv which mm. we read a few months ago f- yeah. for the book club so I think we just have to go straight in and talk about incest <laughs> yeah I think straight incest in, gloves on. is at the beginning <laughs> straight into the incest <laughs> it's a good place so to start Desdemona and Lefty are brother and sister and then they become husband and wife and Milton and Tessie are second cousins mm. which is legal mm. that's fine whatever um, <laughs> no biggie but it's more the, the brother and the sister thing how did we feel about that to be honest like I was so invested in their love story yeah I was like it, it tricks you it yeah. tricks you again but are we tricked or are we just being showed what's right yeah I don't oh. <laughs> but then the reason that we're taught to find incest gross is because it can fuck up the babies mm. if you have children with like but is Callie fucked up? I well, mean, you can. There can be her lots, life is okay. There's also genetically stuff where you can lots of stuff die. can go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah more. Yeah, more than yeah. that. And like Cal's life now, so him and as an adult, and like Callie in her adolescence, um, you know, has a more difficult life now. Mm. Doesn't mean that like. Did we say the bit about how how we're referring to Callie? Uh, okay, so the character that is intersex. Um, is narrating the whole book from 
when he's like in his 40s mm. and so he's presenting and living as male at that point and that's Cal yeah. so when we're talking about the narrator voice we're going to mm. use he pronouns yeah and then when we're talking about Callie when she's younger in the book the narrator uses she so, so we're, we're gonna basically use, just doing what the narrator we're going to do what the narrator does and then there's a point in the book where Callie turns to Cal when he's like mm. 14 and so we'll then switch to he again yeah Cool. Just FYI. Yeah, if FYI. you get confused by the pronouns. That's what we're doing. It's just the plan. Back to incest. <laughs> back, to, back to the incest. Bring us back to the hot topics. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how um, they mentioned that in their village, it is incest is kind of normalised. In a way, like we don't really talk about it, but it really does happen. I think it's just the lack of suitors. So you just yeah. marry each other and then but the fact that you everyone's related. for your relative to me is something that's so like mm. alien especially one extent. that you've grown up with like it's all well and good exactly. being able to fall for like a long lost brother or sister that you've never met before and haven't grown up with yeah yeah so there must but, be something about the normality of it that made they were it like kind of more proper acceptable. in love to the extent that lefty was buying prostitutes that looked like desdemona yeah mm. yeah uh, what the reason for them not having that many suitors in the village does anyone remember? I think it was just like everyone was leaving to move to the city. Yeah, so that's and not even that. It was people. There weren't enough children being born. Oh, yeah. And then also, the men went off to war and stuff. Wasn't there like first a war world war? It just happened. Yeah. So this the <clears> whole <throat> idea of colonialism comes in really early because actually they've lost a lot of their population to things external circumstances outside of their mm. country, mm. and with the industrialization, which is very Western, they've like lost. They've lost a lot of their, like, hot people, basically. The whole hot totty has but been also, robbed. no one's been procreating. Yeah. That's the big thing. During the war. Mm. Um, yeah, people just haven't been having babies. And also, a lot of people do have, uh, like, issues because of the incest. Mm. That's implied as well. Like, yeah, I don't know what, but <laughs> people yeah. die younger and mm. and stuff. But they use... They, they kind of know it's wrong for a long time, but then they use this next war... And this next like uprising to erase themselves and go mm. to America and, and completely become... reinvent themselves. Yeah. Can we talk about Desdemona and Lefty's courtship on the boat? Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Okay, so if that was just like a film in itself, I would hundred percent watch that like a million times. Yeah. In fact, I did I actually was... go back and watch Titanic because of it and then turned <laughs> it off just as they saw the iceberg. <laughs> so the first So that was my week. <laughs> How was yours? Because I, I find I it watched really... the second half. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's like a secret, like forbidden. Well, not forbidden, but it's it's got layers. Yeah, I like the layered level of I the relationship. I think that they genuinely mm-hmm. trick themselves into believing that they. It beca- just it's met. believable yeah. though. That's the yeah. thing. I think it is not wrong. I don't know. Do you think it's wrong? After reading Perv, I'm just like, I don't know if I would call it wrong. I think Desdemona shouldn't right. have had children. Yeah, Desdemona was right to have been freaked out. I. I wish she hadn't like beaten herself up so much over it because mm. it ultimately had a huge impact on But also, there's no, the there wasn't that much contraception in those days. Like she yeah. ended up cutting her fallopian tubes. Like she sterilized herself. Yeah. In order to make sure she had no more children. That's yeah. Insane. <clears throat> and she like stayed away from him for like a year and a half. And yeah, that was almost, the beginning of their ruining she their relationship. Almost ruined their marriage because she didn't want to yeah. have sex with him because she was scared of having yeah. a, like no communication a, in any of that. Kid. Yeah, so I know. frustrating to read because it was like you're literally not talking and you're husband and wife and you're just not communicating. Yeah, come on, get your That's shit cool. together, guys. It's not happening. I know it's the nineteen fifties, but <laughs> um, so yeah, and then you, it's hard because we're kind of doing. We have to do it chronologically. Well, we don't, but like 
the themes fall very naturally throughout, and but specific yeah. examples. So then there's Milton and, and Tessie's, Tessie's courtship. courtship the clarinet. Hot! Yeah. I did not know I could have like some kind of orchestra fetish, but I think I have now. It was so sexy. Like it, him weirdly... playing clarinet on her. And I was trying to picture it in my head, like how is this working like logistically? Yeah. I like so, the ambiguity of it when it was written. Yeah. So like basically for those of you who haven't read it, which I'm basically thinking there might be some. <laughs> um, no offence, but like, you know. I don't know. It was a long book. It was a long book. I wonder. Tessie and Milton are second cousins who live very close to each other, grew up quite close to each other. And they have this courtship where Milton plays the oboe and starts playing... I thought it was the clarinet. clarinet. Sorry, the clarinet. Get your instruments, right? (laughs) Um, And he starts playing music into Tessie, which is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Like when he just like says that he's like making her alive and playing music into her body, I was just like, I want to die. It's yeah, cool. and it's really ambiguous the way that it's described, and a lot of the sex mm. is ambiguously described and very not- poetically described. And poetically, so you, you have to like fill in the gaps and figure out what's going on, but maybe you mm. don't have to. Maybe you just you just gotta feel it. Yeah, Jeffrey Dundee's probably very good in bed. Just saying. <laughs> and the third adolescence. <laughs> Is Callie's. Is Callie's. Mm. Which is the one that kind of breaks the plot and makes the plot. That's the one that's like, oh. Make and break. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the object? I know you've got stuff to say. I just, okay, so the object is basically Callie's object of desire. Mm. That yeah. is, and, and she isn't She says named. she's not naming her for, like, just to protect her identity, but also, like, it's fictional, so what? But yeah. no one else in the book is has the same privilege to be hidden. Like oh, yeah. chapter eleven. Who chapter eleven. Yeah, yeah. Her <laughs> brother's called chapter, chapter eleven. Maybe she's got a thing Wait, for people who don't have actual names. What was the name of chapter names. eleven? We don't know. No, as in like it, the chapter. Is there an eleven? I know. Chapter? I was. I was wondering that if like chapter what eleven was chapter born 11? during chapter eleven. The, the chapter. The chapters aren't numbered like that. Callie has a crush in school on a girl who she calls the obscure object, <laughs> and it pisses me off. <laughs> Maybe, okay, so I understand that Jeffrey Eugenides is doing it as a literary device and calling this woman object, clearly trying to make a point, but it wasn't very clear to me what the point that he was making. I hate and that. So, and because the point wasn't clear to me, it just sounded horribly sexist to me. Yeah. Mm. And I'm just like, make your points clearer, and then maybe I'll be like, oh, that was really clever. But nope, to me it was just sexist. Yeah, there can be authors who are like, I'm making a point! And everyone's like, what's the point now? I'm making a point! <laughs> Look at this point! What's the point though, Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, what was your point? Why did you call it the object? <laughs> Jeffrey, UK. <laughs> Do you think it's interesting a bit how how you think Callie is gay and then it's like, oh no, just a man. Yeah, like, like that's Oh, in, so like the kind of it like, doesn't like having to heteronorm. Yeah, it, yeah, it feels heteronorm. But Tessie's mum's gay, and that's very clear in the book. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's that's off true. doing her crazy That's true. Like, oh, I'm a party girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bear in mind, I haven't read far enough into the book to see Callie being attracted to women. Or Cal. Callie. Yeah, Callie at this point. Callie's like a fully-fledged lesbian, and then suddenly she just turns into a straight dude. Mm. Um, So yeah, I I I think all of their adolescents are kind of shrouded in this embarrassment, and this kind of like, oh, this is wrong. But Mm. And it's weird as well, because I think it's like (laughs) fun and effect, so like... I would say the the most scandalous kind of sexual perversion in any of their their adolescence was like 
the incest. Oh yeah. And you mm. think that like things get crazier as as generations go on and like modern times make things more perverted. And I'm like, no, actually, Callie is somebody who's had a genetic thing happen to them and is attracted to women. She's probably the most heteronormative person. Well, not hetero. What's the word? Like I don't know. I, I try, I'm trying to say this. She's not basically, attracted yeah, to any of her relatives. Basically, so the, cra- yeah. the, the, cra- <laughs> the craziest, most controversial sex happens at the beginning with the grandparents in the olden times, not the new. Mm. And you think it's always the grandparents who are scandalised by their children, but actually I think it would be more the children that are scandalised by their parents. Mm. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Good point. Um, one of the things that, things that bothers me is that she like fully identifies as female growing up. There's no implication anywhere other than her attraction to women that she might not be. Yeah, it doesn't occur. Yeah. You know, some, so there's lots of narratives where it's like, I just knew. I just knew. Blah, blah, blah. Callie never just knew that she was a dude. She thought she was a woman. Until she read someone else's study on her. Mm, right. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, that she, she wanted to be a woman so much that she was just like... like It was making her depressed that she wasn't growing boobs and it was making her depressed that she didn't have a period... Um, and then it wasn't until she knew she was different because she had her crocus, like her mm. her massive clit or whatever you want to call it, mm. crocus. Mm. Um, and then suddenly, when she finds out through the doctor's report that she has male chromosomes and male hormones, and her crocus is actually a small dick, then she's just like, "I guess I'll live as a man now." So, do you think it was too and fast? I, and I, I think... was just like, I couldn't believe it. And, like, it just wasn't believable to me. And then suddenly, Cal is a guy and Cal's a he. And and I wanted to see some more conflict within Cal yeah. mm. of being like, but do I fem- feel male or do I feel female? And, like, mm. what is my gender? But it was just like, well, I guess it's easier if I just pre- present as a dude, irrelevant of whether or not I how I yeah. feel on the inside and I think he chose to present as male because his body was very much male and his attraction to women meant that he could pass as straight and that was just generally easier Ooh. it feels like Jeffrey didn't Jeffrey I love how like, like professionals Jeffrey. at the times and the independent always like to call by their surname we're like no Jeffrey, Jeffrey. <laughs> we know your first name Jeff we're gonna use it I feel like Jeff probably didn't do as much research into in into like the experiences of intersex people or trans people partially because this was published in 2002 will have taken a bit longer to write than probably a year mm. so um shout out to ben on goodreads who is a bang book club member great guy um he in his review ben Babcock. yeah um, him, he wrote a review on the the bang book club goodreads page of middlesex and um, in it mentioned that apparently somewhere online it says that um, Jeffrey Eugenides didn't actually talk to any intersex people about their experiences and just apparently, apparently wrote wrote the book um, as if like like you know putting himself into the shoes of someone who's intersex like oh this is what I think it would be like rather than actually talking to anyone who's intersex that would explain and that's why it's just not believable yeah. to me at all I'm like no where is the I mean, I'm not saying that every person who's intersex or trans or whatever has to go through a crazy, like, gender confusion. Mm. But this, I was just not buying. Yeah. And also just because of what it. we know of Callie, she's, I feel like she's very careful. She's very calculated. She's very, like, she, I don't know. I feel like it, 
feel like I know her and I feel like she would have thought about this more. She, she's a bit impulsive though. She does like go and follow a tank on a bike. Yeah, and in the middle of the finger riots. up her friend in the middle of no, like just <laughs> out in the open. She's trying Stick to hide finger she's trying up to hide, her friend. Yeah, she's trying yeah. to hide everything. <laughs> and then she's sitting on a swing and she just like puts a finger up her friend. Wait, I don't remember that bit. Yeah, and then her brother, his like Jerome catches them. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we mean the object. Yeah. And she's having weird, yeah. unconcept. Yeah, she's just there sitting on a swing and then she's just like. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. And then Jerome comes out and I'm like, you were trying to hide this, Kelly. You should see my face right Think now. Think it through. <laughs> anyway. That's so Yeah, weird. I don't know. I think the character development was weird. For that generation, at least. I believed, I believed Desdemona and Lefty. Yeah, but that's partially because it's... It must be much easier to put yourself in the head of an incestuous couple because you probably know what they're thinking if they're straight and... Mm have a forbidden romance yeah rather like, so I think so he's good at writing um controversial romance but maybe not good at writing the in, the, the gender identity gender yeah. conflict yeah yeah so and we've got to also place when it was it was published in 2002 mm. obviously would have taken a couple of years more to write and mm. well it's long I'm assuming that means it took a while to write he didn't and he, was, he yeah he wrote um Virgin Suicides in 1993, so it literally took him like 10 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he could have just been sunbathing for like five years. <laughs> he really knows what you were doing. Jeffrey. It's definitely... <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey, if you're listening. What are you, you doing? Listening, though, this happened. I know, yeah. I forget. <laughs> anyway, he went. Jeff. But yeah, could have been... But at the time, how... I don't know. I feel like trans issues have progressed in terms of uh, visibility and in terms mm. of like... Loudness. This is more intersex than trans, though. Yeah. But then yeah. there is a but transition. That's so. how we're so aware know. of gender identity struggles. But I'm surprised how much I've heard about this book from like very modern, like Tumblr kind of groups where everyone's like, "You've got to read Middlesex," and I'm like, "Do really? I? Do <laughs> I have to? Do I?" I've read it I don't now. Know, and I still I feel don't like know. it's still got this huge procedure around it that I don't think it. I think it, it's up to. I think its groundbreakingness isn't in its depiction of an intersex character. Yeah, that's, I, that's one of the least convincing parts of it for me mm. i think the most impressive thing about the book is the odyssey. but i'm not intersex so. true yeah. is the odyssey level of like how it tells the story it's a yeah. greek tragedy yeah you yeah. just read a greek tragedy exactly. okay like, so oh, this i've just put this as a note to mention at some point because i fucking love it when they talk about chekhov's theory of like if there's a pistol in the scene yes. at some point in the scene the pistol has to go off it's like if and like they reference yeah, they reference that at the end as well if there's a pistol on the wall in act one scene one by like act three scene two the pistol has to go yeah. off and they foreshadow that the whole way through and yeah. then I think it's kind of like the because crocus her was... crocus is like the pistol that has to go off yeah, and like it has to be discovered. It's gonna yeah. happen. It's Shit's there. gonna kick it's off. It's there the whole time. And so clever. I like that. So yeah, I love the way it was told. Like you're right. It's like yeah. the, the, I don't it's know. It's clever and it's poetic. What did we think about the um um the stuff about being Greek and the idea of um, race? Because they obviously I are immigrants. Stuff. Yeah, and they moved to this area that has other kinds <laughs> of ethnicities in it, and they find that hard to deal with and I think we have yeah. this idea of like immigrants understand other immigrants and it's like when you it's kind of like internalised misogyny like when you oppress a group of people it, it's you know, I don't know I, I loved that I thought that was like a really that was really fun, I thought yeah. that was a really good bit um, or just general themes not just a bit it was like throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing but especially like um, they are like their family is oppressed in some way because they are an immigrant Greek family. Mm. Well, and But then they're also oppressed because they're like Greeks from Turkey. 
not yeah. Greeks. Yeah. You're not, not like real Greeks. Not Greeks from Greece. And then um, in their hierarchy in their head, they're like better than black people because they're white. But then the white Americans mm. are like ahead of them in the racial hierarchy because yeah. they're not immigrants and they're not Greek. Mm. And it's and also because um because they get rich from the fire and from the insurance money they can move to like a white suburban neighborhood but they but they get rich because of race riots yeah like that's what's horrific they it's get just like... they get rich because of race riots and then they move to a white suburban area where they find it really hard to find a house or like an agency that will like sell them a house because they're greek hmm. um and then they're like then they experience racism towards them but then milton's just insanely racist to anyone that's like not greek really? <laughs> yeah yeah that's and, an and it's that dynamic. thing about um, in incest as well. It's like there there is something I think that like you know De- Desdemona has this problem where she's like, oh, I don't want them to marry each other. I'll get her to marry somebody else because I don't want my children to also marry within the family. But then at the same time, she wouldn't let them marry anybody else. <laughs> she wouldn't let them marry anyone yeah, that's like, not Greek. Yeah, like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Gosh, <laughs> You're like no. Yeah. Wait, isn't there was a storyline where Cal- there was a mini storyline? Callie had a black friend. Very briefly. There that. is. There is. I just oh, remembered. There's just like a random bit in the middle. Callie is, like when she's really quite young, um, she's friend, it's, I think it's before they moved to the white suburban place. Okay. Um, and the neighbourhood they live in, like there's a lot of like black families that live there. And Callie makes friends with like one of the kids and Milton's just like, nope, you'll never see him again. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that was so brief. Just like, no. Do you think he was kind of like, oh, I should probably put in that in somewhere and then and it just didn't it. actually explore it I feel it. like Jeffrey tried to explore everything in this <laughs> he's just trying I think no stand, stone has been left unturned well every, every stone's been nudged at <laughs> yeah 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 it's been kind of like yeah if you you know like when you try and make a and take a glance at the fancy yes, and <laughs> maybe, maybe try, try a few, few. <laughs> You know when you try and flip a pancake and then you cut half of it off? (laughs) (laughs) Like that kind of stone turning. That's great. That's going to go down. It's just like reviews. (laughs) I like if you look under. Okay. Yeah. I love Jungle Um, Book. Let's review that instead, the Jungle Book. There's no sex in Jungle Book. Thank Mm. God. Can you imagine what kind of sex there would be? Um, (laughs) Moving on. Um, Outside the beast, Mowgli says. <laughs> What's next, Lena? Um, talking about so this this threads into religion and race. So this idea of culture and superstition. So Desdemona is convinced this fucking baby is a boy, and they have this big argument because she's yeah. like, "It's science, mum. It's a girl." But and then she's she like, has the spoon. The spoon is dangling over the belly. It's a boy. Desdemona's spoon. And I thought that was so. Interesting. I liked I mean, all was... the tradition and how they'd they'd find all of the Greek food and get it like sh- either shipped over or they find it in shops. And like, the Mediterranean the... diet. Yeah, and making sure that yeah, the idea that of the Mediterranean diet making there. you live longer. Don't think you got to that bit. Like, That's the reason no, why Desdemona get... stays alive for so long. She's got such a healthy diet <laughs> because she loves cooking, doesn't she? Yeah. Cooking is like her. Um... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. But the, the other thing about the superstition, do you reckon? Because you know how. Desdemona saved Milton when he was in the war because she prayed to this saint Mm -hmm. and promised that he would go to Greece and um, And look after St. Christopher's church or or help rebuild the church or something. And then they don't, they're about to go on holiday. They're about to go on holiday to this place so he can fulfill that promise. And then a war breaks out so they don't go. And then that's the reason why Callie can then go on holiday with the object. And that's when everything kicks off and then Milton dies. Yeah, that's what, as soon as you started saying it, I was like, I can see where this is going. So he never fulfilled, that didn't click in my head. So he never fulfilled his promise and then he dies in a horrible accident. So in some ways, like, Jeffrey (laughs) is, like, letting that come true. And I think there's lots of stuff where he's not just like, science is right. Yeah. And these people are wrong because they're old and ethnic. Ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and but like he doesn't have that easy approach that other writers do. He's like, th- like he lets their them be their, right. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the logic of their culture. Well, yeah, it gives as much precedence as the science. Um, can I read a little bit that I really enjoyed? And it's about it's kind of so basically a lot of the time like. Um, Callie refers to herself as like a frog or she she talks about weird amphibian references which is like the kind of evolution thing mm-hmm. and then like they talk about Sophocles and how he, th- he was it Sophocles? I don't know said that the first like he they loads of people think the first human was intersex oh yeah yeah and then like that's and then you know like, the whole like things about yin and yang where it's like well, you, you broke apart and you have two sides of yourself yeah and the then, first like, person was yeah. male and female and the tr- the there's a transsexual um, he meets at the end that says like we don't need somebody else because we're both we're, we're a whole person. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy fuck. Um, but I think this is... her name? Zara? Zoe? Yeah. Zara? I don't know. I um, but this is the part where I think um, Callie is like finally getting on with the object. Mm. And it says, um, do you remember my frog heart? In Clementine Stark bedroom, it had kicked Clementine off. Clementine Stark is the girl that she is kissing, learning, In the learning beginning, to kiss yeah. from when they're younger. Oh, okay. In Clementine Stark's <laughs> bedroom, it had kicked off from a muddy bank, moving between two elements. Now it did something even more amazing. It crept onto land. Squeezing millennia into 30 seconds, it developed consciousness. While kissing the object's belly, I wasn't just reacting to pleasurable stimuli, as I had been with Clementine. I didn't vacate my body as I had with Jer- Jerome. Now I was aware of what was happening. I was thinking about it. And then it's like the, this idea of like it, like coming, like she's evolving as a person. Is her, yeah. her crocus so like a tadpole and then a frog? Oh yeah, possibly. Because then and it's, it's like coming out, land. and it's this whole like coming onto land. I don't know. And then also, surely that's to do with sexual, like engorging and swelling, and oh yeah, yeah. Because her whole... crocus is still like pretty sizable. <laughs> that's a good crocus you got there, Callie. <laughs> a good crocus you got there. Yeah, I wonder how. I don't know. 
Is there um, any more of the sex? Yeah, oh my god. Can we find a, an extract of the weird unconsensual sex? Oh, we... I definitely didn't highlight that because it was horrible, but I can find I can try and find it. <laughs> so, be, do you want to do you want to talk about it? I told Lucy about it. I want to hear your description of it. So, when Callie and the object okay. kind of sort of have a yeah. sexual experience together and we're not sure if it was rape. Yeah, because like so basically they're sharing a bed and she pulls the covers off her and stares at her a lot. Um and then over the course of 10 minutes she sl- slides nearer and nearer. Um she flung her arms across her waist. Um flung it definitely she sounds like the wrong it, <laughs> Okay, here's the bit that like would incriminate her in court. <laughs> <laughs> My arm grew stiff. It began to throb and finally went numb. The object might have been drugged or in a comatose. Or comatose. Yeah. Still, I sensed an alertness in her skin and in her muscles. After after a, a long while, I plunged ahead. Plunged. I took off her t-shirt and lifted Whoa. it up. I gazed at her naked belly for a while. I bowed my head. Anyway, um, she kissed the object's belly and then slowly worked her way up. And then she talked about the frog heart. Um, anyway, the next day they didn't mention it. Um... And it's all happening at And then night. she says the reason that the, that the the object never mentions it is because the object wanted no dramatics, no guilt, no show of romance. Um, blah, or blah, blah. she was just unconscious and didn't know <laughs> what was happening. She's asleep! Yes. Um, Maybe she's asleep! What is happening? Kelly! And then she gives, gives these weird signs that aren't really signs. Okay. Um, but and, and the other implication is that she lifts her hips when she wants to take her pants off. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, so "Oh, like, she's responsive." But but then Callie acknowledges that that's the only responsiveness that she gets. But she's just like, "That means she wants it." Yeah, mm. keep going. She lifted her hips for me to take off her pants, but she was also unconscious the whole time. What, what? I was I don't understand that, what like, conclusions are supposed to draw from this. I don't know. Mm. And but at the end, she does kiss her. But I'm like, what if she thought that was the first time but, anything had happened? But I feel her? like if your friend just got run over mm. and just beat up your brother, then maybe you would... Like, would you kiss me if Maybe I did you would that? cradle them and give them a little kiss. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't know. You know. I don't know. I just think it's, it was a really weird treatment of that. I just strange. think I was like, they could have just experimented consensually. Mm. I don't see how that would have taken away from the great literary Because then merit. it also makes... Um, Callie, who later does become a freak because she's in mm-hmm. a freak, or he is in a freak show, um, but then it it makes the intersex person mm. an actual predator, predator, pervert. Like if that is well, now I know that he didn't mm. actually talk to anybody intersex. Now I'm a little bit more indignant about it, to be honest. Well, yeah. we don't know that. That's what Ben said on Goodreads. According I trust ben. to yeah, I, trust I, ben. I I trust Ben a lot as well. <laughs> He's a teacher. Uh, yeah. Oh, is he actually? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I need to look up Ben Man. <laughs> ben Babcock. He's great. Um, at the end, sorry, Lucy, but at the end, they talk about um, th- like the way females act and the way that the doctor diagnoses <gasps> her yeah. is so about gender performance and yeah. so about like so. Yeah. If I can read some out, because oh you know God. I like to do that. I don't know how I felt um, about that. And this isn't actually part of what the doctor says. This is just part of the narrative. It's part of the like the narrator. Um, but the female, doctor also does believe the, this. Yeah. yeah. Females tend to smile at their interlocers. Interlockers. Inter. What's it? What's this? Interlock. 
Interlocutors. Interlocutors. Whatever. Um, females tend to smile at their interlocutors <laughs> more than males do. Females pause and look for signs of agreement before continuing. Males just look to the middle distance and hold forth. Women prefer the anecdotal, men the deductive. Females tend to smile at their. Oh no, I've already. I said that twice because I thought it was so important. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. But, and there is more. Did I highlight it? It's also like Callie is very aware of like when she, when he is performing as male of of recognizing that at one point he like tries to look at his shoe and realizes that he looked at his shoe by kind of like looking backwards and flicking his foot up rather than mm. looking down like straight at it or the way that he looks at his nails by bending his fingers in or stretching them out because like Apparently, one way is male and one oh way God, is female. Oh God, yeah. But I've never thought about that. But the, but there's like all of these little little bodily cues and stuff that the doctor picks up on, and it's just like, oh, she's doing all these things the female way, and it's like, well, she was raised female, but yeah. then also it's just like, is I think that's behaviour that we learn. I don't think mm. that's like inherently like. But this is before they've really talked. When is this? The seventies. This is like before, yeah. like they wrote, like um, before postmodernism, maybe I don't know. Before gender trouble, um, Pomo, um, Judith Butler Judith was Butler. like, I think gender is a performance, mates, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like before yes, that, it's a queen. medical diagnosis, <laughs> yes, queen yes, Butler. <laughs> Um, but like this doctor guy is supposed to have existed before. When is it going to be academics? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we be great academics and be like, so basically, here's your Judith Butler lecture. Yes, queen. <laughs> um, Ooh, okay. Ooh. Um, but like before that, it was like it's okay to medically diagnose somebody by the way they move. That is like an okay mm. thing to do. The fuck? That's so recent. It also just okay. bothers me when people reduce gender to like. Oh, this is a male way to perform and this is a female way to perform and I think part of the reason why it bothers me is because I see truth in it and I'm like no yeah why but like, it's no. like I always struggle with the concept of like campness and people who associate campness with being gay why do we associate them so much at what point is that also kind of learned behavior at what point is that like mm. like there's so much that's so behind that feels like it's yeah. a decade but it also implies oh. it's this really natural way to move. But we only really learn how to move from our parents. Like, there's no... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're, you're acting gay. And it's but like, do you well... think that we would have more observed our mothers and learned from her rather than... Gosh, I have absolutely no idea. Do you know what? I think thoughts. I used to sit more womanly and, like, walk more womanly, but I have no, like, balance. And I fall over all... Like, Hannah had to find me today because I was li- lying in the grass because I got arse over tit on the, way, on the way from the station and smashed my phone and my ankle. Oh, but I have, no. like... But I have, like, no... So I had to start grace. sitting like a man because this is the way I can sit upright. So <laughs> I'm like, grace. otherwise I will fall over. And I walk more like a guy now, but I'm like, because I have literally... I'm so clumsy... Because like I, walking like a woman is an um, option. There's this picture of it's me and my mum and my sister. My sister is a baby and my mum is in bed breastfeeding her and mm. I'm sat on the floor with a doll lifting up my dress and I'm two years old and I'm pretending to breastfeed this doll because I see my mum breastfeeding my sister. This idea of being scared so this idea of invasion so things invading your body all the time this gene being passed through and this this fear of pregnancy that all the women have and it's also like so also like like Callie like like being scared that she's pregnant and she gets interviewed by the doctor and he's mm. and he's like talking about stuff and she's like oh, I was just scared of getting pregnant and he like chuckles and is like well there's no chance of that now <laughs> because she can't um, have children and it's like what um so um, Tessie's never scared of pregnancy 
But Desdemona is scared of Tessie's pregnancy. Yeah, I think so. There's this, <laughs> there's this sentence that I was like, bam, uh, on page 114, for those of you following along in your textbook. <laughs> um, and uh, this is when Desdemona's pregnant with Milton. Mil- Milton? Yeah. yeah, it must be Milton. Um, and she says, pregnancy made her feel too much like an animal. It was in, it was embarrassing to be so publicly colonised. And it's that whole, like... Because there's so much about them that's that's about their immigrant experience and so much about colonialism that I was like, oh, my, you're even being colonised by this idea of this gene that's been passed. So, mm. I don't know. That made me feel really weird. And I was like, oh... Because there's a lot of war in the book that happens as well. I like how it's yeah. framed within actual history. Yeah. I actually genuinely had to look a person up because I was just like, wait, is this a real person? And, was, and then it, they weren't. They were. I think it was the doctor. I was like, is this doctor like that doctor on a real person? And they weren't. They was, oh, it was a fiction. Rubbish. Like it's a fic- there, but there were probably people like him around at the time. But mm. it was I wanted a to know person. how accurate the. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about religion. Yes, we and did. That how was... did we do that? I was going to be talking about race, and then we got yeah. Jimmy Zismo. Let's yeah. talk about Jimmy's. Oh my Tessie's gosh, he dad. is such an interesting, weird character. Because he fakes his own death and then starts the Black Power movement. <laughs> yeah. Is that. Did, did everyone else get that? Yeah. And then, like, then ran off to become friends with Malcolm X. But did he, but did he exist <laughs> when as you like. Say it like that. Because so he wasn't weird. Elijah Muhammad. That's what happened. He wasn't pretending to be He's Elijah black. Muhammad. Was he black? No, Elijah was, Muhammad. He wasn't no, black. he wasn't black. This is the sure thing he wasn't that he wasn't most he was irritated me about it. He, he, he was, he yeah, was he was darker than the Greeks because he was Turkish. So he okay. like had darker skin, more Arab looking, more Arab Asian looking. But he wasn't even. I was not like, black. How problematic is this? So how does Desdemona not recognize his voice when she listens to his sermons like every single yeah, working day? Yeah, I don't know. I I that, that whole storyline was so pointless. felt like a dream. I was like, "What is happening? Why?" When Desdemona's yeah. doing the silkworming and the—is that real though? Do they, those churches exist? Well, the, that no whole idea. yeah, those race tensions though. Yeah, good. that was all very real. The but church, then, like, the, church of the, the what's it called? The thingy of Islam. The mm-hmm. why can't I remember this? I what's don't remember it? either. I don't know what you're trying to say, Lucy. <laughs> the actual faith exists. Let me search it, my book. Let me oh, join to find God. it. I'm just going to say it. It's whatever. So, but I want to know if that guy even actually existed. Uh, the the theoretical Jimmy Zismo, Zismo. yeah, ori- the original character that started. I it. don't know. It's Malcolm but, X Muslim. I don't know. Yeah, he is uh, called well, the something of Islam. So that's the. I didn't even think that started in Detroit. So basically, I have no idea. Um, sorry, we are just. I kind of want to go to Google. Detroit now after reading this book. He's from Detroit. Eugenides. I learned that from life. I used his surname. I searched the word Islam in this book. It's not coming up. This book, it's this um, no, that's because they never they never name it. But it's um, the Nation of Islam. It's called the Nation of Islam. The nation that's of my Islam. Thought. So what happens? That's a huge faith that grows up in the 1950s and 60s, run by this guy. The guy who ends up being the main guy is called Elijah Muhammad. Um, and this guy, whoever Jimmy Zismo is pretending to be, apparently is the kind of like the Detroit pre, version of him. The, yeah, the pre-Elijah Muhammad who originates it's implied that he originates the nation of islam because then he creates the nation of islam he flees again and then it but the nation of islam is a huge part of like uh like modern culture cultural reference because Mm. malcolm x when he was in prison was converted to the nation of islam and it was used as a real source of political engagement yeah wow and and they had loads of money so why he was he? That that ha- like that yeah, start, that that's why I thought. Black starts it. Yeah, 
and that's and also I don't that think he's it... become he weaves them them into the history so yeah. uh, obnoxiously that that I person think that was really oh, that made me fun. It was messy. Well, that storyline or or Jeffrey Eugenides weaving into the history stuff. That whole storyline just made me feel really weird. I it was, like, was kind of really... pointless. Yeah. Jimmy Zismo should have died on the ice. Yeah. Why didn't he just die no, on the I ice? Kind, no, I kind of like Jimmy Zismo mm. coming back. That was quite fun. I was but, like, then he, no. but then he comes back and then disappears and then that's it. You're like, yeah. No. Like, I would have oh. rather that... You're like, oh, okay, was that... What was the point in that? Um, do you want to have final thoughts? Because I've got, I've got a little passage to lead final thoughts. But is there anything else you want to talk what about? What is your passage to lead the final thoughts? Okay, yeah. I'll find it. I'll just do it here. <gasps> God, I feel like a do... vicar. I'm like, I have a passage. Just close the... Well, you were a raised Christian. So. I know. <laughs> Still raisin. Raisin the roof. Okay. Um, final thoughts with Lena. Oh yeah, well it's not completely final thoughts because no. obviously the last page was, is, has final thoughts. But mm-hmm. this is my favourite bit that concluded the book for me. This is when I felt like the book finished. When it says, um, and it's the hopeful part that Callie's saying about her life. And she says, and so a strange new possibility is arising. Compromised and, and indefinite, sketchy, but not entirely obliterated. Free will is making a comeback. Biology gives you a brain life turns it into a mind and I was like for me that encompassed Ooh. the whole is she biologically something or not is is nature nurture uh-huh. an issue did this gene screw her up or is it the making of her and it's just kind of like life turns it into a mind I <laughs> feel a... like for Callie for Cal it's mm. like none of the above like mm. nature makes her a boy nurture makes her a girl and then she takes that information and then actually just makes a strategic decision of which one is easier to live as. Yeah. And then goes, straight dude is easier than gay woman. Yeah. And then goes, okay, that's what I'll be. I don't think it's easier, though, because she does run away and then... No, I think I think the whole thing... But maybe like, at the time she thinks it's easier. I don't know. I don't know. But I, to me, it's just like... It's implied right at the beginning when you may not mention that it's Lena's all... just had a thought? Yeah, go on, Lena. Uh, when she, she escapes, well, she runs away and then she gets put in a freak show yeah. and she's an amphibian, she's underwater, which is like the whole like evolving from water to land tadpole. genetic thing. <sighs> There's lots of tadpole imagery. Yeah. And froggy imagery. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I wonder what that means. We'll probably search like a dream book, like dream interpretations of yeah. the frog, because I'm sure there'll be some explanation. There's got to be um, some like Greek mythology as well, because all of their names are, oh, yeah, are all named after like the yeah. Greek mythology. Is it all did relevant. feel like a Greek tragedy. That's something that I did yeah. like about it. it yeah. Felt, I, got, yeah. I got that. I got what you were trying to do, and you did it, Jeff. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. What were you going to say, Final thoughts? I was going to say. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> um, something to do with the gender thing and picking genders. Who knows? Who I didn't pick- finish the book. Yeah. The main thing about the gender thing is that it felt to me that he picked his gender rather than like felt. He he wasn't like I feel like I'm I a remember man. now. No, no, but but he. It's implied at the beginning of the book when he's narrating. That he feels like a man. That he well, is now a he man. does because he's been living as a man for like mm. uh, twenty-five years. Yeah, uh, and maybe the narrate, I just read the narrator's like that, been living as a dude for so long. I don't know. I'm but he he really Please implies that like Callie is not a part of him. Oh yeah, he's mm. like yeah. It's Callie really was a because period because of switches between like yeah. third person and first person. It it's switches. Really like, yeah, it's strange. Um, 
I'd love to know what intersects people who have read the book. The thing is, yeah. can we talk about the narrator really briefly before yeah, we close? Sure. So the, the, the narrator's voice is, to me, felt godlike because it's mm. like this all-seeing, all-knowing narrator. Who knew much more or embellished much more than he could ever know. Because he can get... <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, how did you know how your grandparents... Like, Copulated. Yeah. Copulated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like he gets into the heads and the minds of what everyone is thinking at every point at points where he wasn't even alive yet. And, like, especially the point that really I was like, for fuck's sake, really, um, that finally did it for me was when um, the car crash that Milton is in, where Milton dies, mm-hmm. and he just, like, fully goes, and this is what Milton was thinking in those last moments. And you're like... Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're like, except that he probably wasn't because he died. And also, instantly. Cal didn't know that his dad died until he, like... Yeah. yeah. But I totally like the obsessiveness in the narration, in the sense it is that creepy, yeah. you it's would obsess over... Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the obsession over the... Over but the, the thing is, is that it history. couldn't have been narrated by anyone else. Like the book wouldn't have made sense if it was just an ex- if it was if it was a, a, a if it was a personaless narrator yeah. and it, everything was in third person. The book wouldn't have made sense that way. It had to be Cal. Although, have you read the book Thief? That's yes. narrated by Death. Love that. If I had been Jeffrey's editor or agent, I you would have been, Jeff. Could this be narrated by, by the gene? <laughs> Ooh, that would have been amazing. I would 100% read a book narrated by a Jean. <laughs> Could she be called Jean, G-E-A-N as well? Jean oh the Jean. gosh. <laughs> um, Final thoughts. Yeah. I think, um, so Virgin Suicide is one of my favourite books of all time. I think yeah, I've it never is, read a it. Master- never is an untouchable masterpiece of fucking brilliance. But now I've built up, so you probably won't enjoy it as much because when somebody uh, says something brilliant, you will, it never mm. works. But um, I think that was amazing. This was like, um, not, it was okay. I just, I just didn't. It's, it's some spectacular in bits. Like I can tell that he's still a bit of a genius, but I just didn't think it held together as a whole book. Yeah, it feels like an odyssey, as I've said multiple mm. times. But like it was written at different points. Yeah. Or like there were rushed bits and and slower bits and yeah. yeah. It accelerates and decelerates really fast, and you can see that even in the narration and in the like style of writing. Well, I should think maybe he's trying to make it kind of like Greek tragedy, but yeah. then also it still didn't yeah. feel. It misses a beat somewhere. There's something that's not quite holding it together and I'm not sure whether it's because the narration changes its focus through each generation. Like, imagine the same book but all of it was from Desdemona's point of view. Still narrated Mm. by future Cal but it's all like Desdemona because she's alive through the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Desdemona was her favourite character. Oh, yeah. Best woman. Best character. I really like I have funny lines as well if you want to hear some of those but not really. We'll save them for later. Okay. Um, but I, I feel, I'm like very pleased I finished that book even though I hated it at points. I really kind of want to finish it more than I've wanted to finish all the others because yeah. I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. Does There's that... so much in it. This is a thing. I've invested like... so much already. I may as well keep going. It's just... just... Going on. Uh... It's just... There's so much in it. That's the thing. There's yeah. so much. And... It felt yeah. quite overwhhelming actually. Yeah, overwhelming is a good, good word. word. But yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely struggled with reading about incest while I was on a family holiday. <laughs> I can tell you that now. And not just your classic family holiday, may I add. A family holiday where you're meeting second cousins, like great aunts. <laughs> you know, the proper family holiday. Like, Ooh, in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we should definitely end. I'm really glad that we live in 2016. I'm really glad yeah. that we started and ended this podcast with incest. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) 
Um, if you have any thoughts on Middlesex, then please let us know. If you want to make uh, a video response reviewing the book, then tweet at us with the hashtag Banging Book Club. And we'll and add you to the playlist. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah. add you to the joint playlist. Um, we have exciting news about December's book. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, it is time to pick the book that we're going to be reading in December. At the beginning of the year, we said that December would be reader's choice. And so, throughout the year, we've been collecting your suggestions on the Goodreads page, on video comments, on Twitter, and we had a ballot box at somewhere in the city where you could physically give us ideas so we had a lot of ideas we had a lot of ideas a lot to go through and we've picked our favorite four and we're going to be running a twitter poll on my twitter that's hannah's twitter me um (laughs) they'll be running for i don't know like a week it'll go live when this podcast goes up and it'll be running for a week and then basically the one with the most votes will be December's book and hopefully that will give you enough time to get your hands on it and us yeah. and uh, for us to get <laughs> we our need hands more on time it. to read clearly yeah, I still haven't found Men Are From Mars in any charity shops yet which oh I, I just bought it on Amazon oh, oh that I'll makes me feel it. like I'm funding the devil I know <laughs> but I'm going away yeah it's like, something you need I need it I need to read oh, it when I'm thanks <laughs> um Alright, so the four options are Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera, How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran, Carol by um, Patricia Highsmith, and The Boss by Abigail Barnett. So you can have a Google of those, look up reviews on Goodreads or Amazon or whatever, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. vote for your favourite, and then the one with the most votes will be reading in December. Also, whatever we don't read from this list, potentially we'll pull through to next year. Potentially we'll go on next year. And we've got your huge, beautiful list of books as suggestions, so we're going to be looking through those when we think about next year's books. I'm really excited for next year. Can I? Including doing it by Hannah Witten, available for (laughs) pre-order. Gotta pay that rent. (laughs) Yeah. Gotta plug my own book about yeah, sex. Yeah, we will be we will be reading Hannah's book. I'm ah, really excited. I'm so nervous. There's so many personal it's gonna, stories. It's gonna be great. That. We're gonna make oh, you I blush. Wait. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yeah. yeah, and leave us a review if you'd like to. That would be nice. That'd be great. Yeah. We're not reading out people's names, are we? No, there's none. No one's really left a review. So We've not asked people to <laughs> since <laughs> July. Uh-huh. So leave <laughs> us reviews because we're all really sad. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit broken today. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I don't really know if there's any other housekeeping we have, and we can't think of any, so I'll put it in the video. <laughs> if there if you want more housekeeping, go and get a brush and brush your house. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there for you as you do it. Okay, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll Bye. see you next month. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 